listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Hey, I know I'm, uh, I'm biased, but I love coming here every Sunday. I just do. Um, and I, I know I have friends that are pastors and that kind of stuff, and, and, I, and I know that all of them can't say that about their church. Um, but I just, and, and, and you know, it, we're not perfect. We don't do everything right. We don't do everything well. Um, but there's something special about this place. And it's not because, it's definitely not because of me. It's not because of any one person. It's just because I think that you have a group of pastors and leaders that our heart is just to see God move. And you can't make that happen. You can't conjure it up. You can't force it. But you can mess it up. And I think that's the problem with the church is we've tried to manufacture moves of the Holy Spirit. And you can't manufacture that stuff. The, the, Spirit, the Spirit always wants to move. I remember we used to pray, God show up today. I'm thinking, God, God has already shown up. God is already moving. God has already done everything necessary. to. God wants to see the church. I don't mean this church. I mean his church flourish far more than we ever could. What God wants to see happen in this community is far stronger than anything we could ever desire. And so we, we don't have to keep begging God to move. God's ready to move. We just have to be open to it and ready for it and not do the things that sometimes we do to stand in the way of it. And get our mind off the silly, crazy distractions that the enemy wants us to be distracted by. Amen. Let's go home. <laughs> All right. Well, today we, uh, we begin a new series called Ruled. And if today's your first Sunday at our, at our church, welcome. We are so glad that you're here. My name is Matt. I get to be one of the pastors here. And, and we are grateful that you're here to worship with us. But if today is your first time, we are on the heels uh, of, of one of the most powerful series I think we've ever gone through as a church. Um, we just finished a series called Toxic, and if you weren't here for any of it, download our app or, or go to our website, and you can listen to that series of messages because it was just where we, we discussed some, re some just real stuff, as real as we can possibly get, dealing with the emotions, the negative emotions that so often tend to hijack our lives. We talked about things like anger and lust and depression and bitterness, and, and, and we just basically... We acknowledge that these emotions are real. We acknowledge the impact that they can have on our lives. We acknowledge that it's, it's okay to feel these emotions. But we acknowledge that the, the, the danger of being run by emotion. And I had planned to, Ruled originally was a totally different series than you're about to hear over the next four weeks. Because Monday... As I, and we came up, last Sunday night, we had our first baptism service in this facility, and we watched 22 people go through the waters of baptism last Sunday night. It was awesome. And when, when Landon came out of the water, it was, the most, it was the coolest thing I've ever seen when somebody came out of the water. He threw, he threw water on the first two rows, and it was awesome. It was awesome. So Monday, I, I, I get back into the office, and, and, and I'm preparing to kind of, and like even all that night, and throughout the night, I couldn't even sleep, and, and I'm, just, I'm just struggling with, all right, this, now what? 
Like, where do we go from here as a church? Like, we, like do we just put this, this toxic series in our rearview mirror and just go? And I just didn't feel like we could do that. And my prayer was, God, like, how do we move this conversation forward? In a way that's really going to make a difference in all of our lives. Like, like now what? <laughs> like, like how, do, how do we move on? If, if we're not going to be run by emotion, then, then what do we need to do now? Because we don't have to be run by emotion. And some of you might be, you know, and, and I, I hear this saying sometimes. People talk about, oh, you know, anybody ever said this to you? Oh, just follow your heart. Don't listen to them. Like, that's kind of where we usually go, right? Like, oh, when we're facing decisions, when we're staying in life, honey, just follow your heart. No! Like, that is not a good idea. Because essentially, when you follow your heart, you will be run by emotion. And I just want to remind you what, Jer- what the Scripture says. Jeremiah 17, 9. says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? In other words, like, you can't trust your heart. You can't be run by emotion. And so, I feel like this is responsibility for us to talk about for a few weeks. Okay, what's, what's the alternative? What's going to be the, what's the alternative? All right, Matt, like, I know I'm not supposed to be run by emotion. Thanks for letting me know that. Now What? And the hardest part of that entire series was every week, I feel like I'm talking about these negative emotions, but I'm not really giving you a whole lot of, of answers of how to move forward. And I sat in my office on Monday morning, and God gave me four words. Source, standard, supply, substance. Source, standard, supply, substance. Just those four words. And I, all right, God, I got 38 minutes to fill. Like, I can't just, I need more than four words. All right, so, so, so what do I do with that? Source, standard, supply, substance. And I started connecting the dots to these things and, and starting to move forward. And so, like, God started just kind of teaching me some new stuff. And, and I'm going to go ahead and say, this makes sense in my head. I hope it makes sense when it comes out of my mouth. I pulled our team together one day, and I was like, all right, guys, this is what I feel like God's calling me to teach. This is what God's just kind of teaching me, because this is what I realized, like, like before, before I can even begin to teach you anything, God always has to teach it to me first. And I usually like it when God teaches it to me, and then gives me a little bit of time to live it out before I have to get up here and preach it. But sometimes he just don't let me do that. So I'm giving you this as he's giving it to me, and we'll all try to figure it out together. Okay? All right. And when it pertains to emotions, like if you're run by emotions, then, then emotion is your source. Like emotion is your source. And when emotion is your, like the, when I say your source, like that thing that's driving your life, that, that thing that, that is, is, is dictating where you're going, your attitudes and your actions, like, like what, is, what is your source? And it's not always emotion. It can be other things. Like there's times when, when, when money is your source. There's times when your children are your source. And you know they're not supposed to be, right, parents? Come on, somebody. That's when y'all say amen right there. Come on. Thank you. 
But see, when, when emotion is your source, when emotion is the one that's driving you, then this is the thing. Circumstances set the standard. See, the source will always be what sets the standard. Are you following me? Track with me. Say amen. Come on, I need y'all engage. Y'all got to talk to me today, okay? I like a lot. Like I'm going to be more needy as a preacher today than any other Sunday. <laughs> like when emotion, it, see, the source always determines the standard and sets the supply and delivers on the substance. You with me? Source will always determine the standard, and the standard will shape the supply, and all those will determine the substance. And if emotion is your source, then circumstances step the standard. In other words, listen, if lust is your source, then whatever you need to satisfy that lust will shape your standard. Come on. So like if, if lust is what's driving you and lust is your source, then even though maybe the word says the standard is it's only confined to marriage, when lust is in charge, it, the circumstances set your standard, and so you will step outside of God's standard in order to fulfill the need of your source. Am, am I making sense? So if emotion is your source and circumstances set the standard, then you are your supply. Like you are drawing strength only from yourself. Because God cannot put his supply on your standard. This is good preaching, I think. <laughs> like, see, that's what we want to do. We want to do our thing and then ask God to bless it. And God cannot bless it when it's outside of his standard. It's like we, we, want, to, we want to cheat on our taxes and then ask God to bless us financially. <laughs> you want to neglect your marriage and then ask God to bless your home. See, it just doesn't work that way. See, if emotion is the standard, if emotion is your source, circumstances set the standard, and you are so your supply, and here's the reality, death is the substance. What will be produced from that is death. The substance, the thing that is produced by living this way will always end up, it, it will kill it. It will eventually a kill. The word says that the, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when you live like this, the substance of your life will always be death. What's produced in your life will always be death. So all this stuff, like if we choose to run by emotion, if emotion is your source, circumstances set the standard. You are your supply, and death is the substance. But here's the good news. Believers, we have an alternative. Like we really do. That's the awesome thing about being able to live in relationship with God. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to be run by emotion. You can be ruled by the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. See, the good news is... You, we have been offered an alternative to being run by emotion. We can be ruled by the Spirit. And see again, source, standard, supply. When the Spirit is your source, like when the Spirit is the one that's the source of your life, the source of your attitude, the source of your actions, when He is the driving source of your life, then Scripture sets the standard. God's Word sets the standard. So when the Spirit is your source, 
when you get feelings of anger and people have hurt you, instead of your standard being, I get to punch them in the face, Scripture says, love your enemies and bless those who persecute you. And when the Spirit is your source, you follow that standard. You, you tracking with me? And you can follow that standard because He is your supply. And so, because you're living within His standard, because He is your source, He is your supply, and gives you the power to stay true to that standard, even when you feel like you can't. And life is the substance that's produced. This is where I want us to go. This is how we move forward. This is how we come out of toxic and actually see some change. So we're not going to be run by emotion. We're going to be ruled by the Spirit. The Spirit is going to be our source. Scripture is going to set our standard. We're going to live in and lean into His supply so that the substance of our lives can be true life. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it to the full. And so then the question is, how do we get there? Like, how do we get to this place? Because it's really easy for, for us to talk about the Spirit being our standard. And, and I think sometimes we talk about the Holy Spirit, and it becomes like this mystical figure. And there's some people that, like, you're new to church, and you're like, you talking about me being filled with the Holy Ghost? I don't like ghosts. I'm scared of ghosts. I don't want to do that. And so it's hard to even wrap our mind around it. And I don't even know the church has really failed us in a lot of ways of helping us understand this whole concept. It's funny, man, how the church, we, we tend to swing to these edges, right? To this, this legalistic mindset of, of rules and regulations and all this kind of stuff, to this, this overly weird spiritual thing that we can't even wrap our minds around that just seems all weird and scary. So what I want to do over the next couple of weeks, all right, all right, let's talk about what it means for the Spirit to be our source. Let's talk about really what are the standards that are set in Scripture. How do we allow Him to really be our supply? And what does the substance of our life living in this place really, really look like? That's my plan. We'll see if it happens. So let's start, let's start at the beginning. What is it really, how, how does the Spirit become our source? What, is it, what does that really, Matt, what does that really, really mean? And see, I feel like there's people in the room, like, like you, you experience a lot of things during, during the toxic series. I, you know what's interesting is? It's, toxic was a series about not being run by emotion, and it was emotional. Like, it was like the most emotional series ever. Like, I mean, if you didn't cry at some point during Toxic, you have no soul. <laughs> I question whether or not you're human. But now as we move forward, what does it really, really mean? And there's people in the room like you've, you, you, you've heard this word spirit before. Maybe because you grew up in a certain place, like you, you're even scared of the spirit because like, like you, you went to a Pentecostal church one day and it freaked you out. Or you experience some certain things, and so like you don't, you, like you're trying, you're wrestling with what this whole thing means, and and you know it's, 
what does it really, really look like? And so today, like, really what I want to accomplish just today is, is, is how, how the Spirit becomes your source. So here we go. The Spirit becomes your source when you acknowledge what Jesus did for your sin. Like, if, you, if the question is, all right, Matt, like, how do I, how does the Spirit become my source? Because that seems like some kind of abstract thought. The Spirit becomes your source when you acknowledge what Jesus did for your sin. That's how it happens. Like, Scripture tells us that the Spirit takes up His residence in our hearts when Jesus deals with our sin. But here's what you really got to know. The Spirit cannot reign where sin remains. Come on. They cannot cohabit your heart. Like before the Spirit can move in, sin will have to move out. Anybody ever bought a house? Show of hands. Have you ever moved into that house before the previous owners moved out? No. Why? Because that just ain't going to work. Right? Can you imagine, like, you just trying to go into, like, you buy a house, and you show up with a moving truck, and the people are still living there, and you know what they say? Oh, we're just going to stay here, too. <laughs> Y'all sleep here, and we, like, that just does not work. And it's the same way, like, the Holy Spirit, like, he, he cannot take up residence in your heart when sin, until sin is gone. Like, sin's got, got to be dealt with. See, the problem with sin is sin stands as that barrier between us and the intimate relationship that God wants to have for us. And see, the, the Spirit wants to inhabit your life. He wants to take up residence in your life, but He cannot move in while sin is still there. But the good news is, Jesus has done everything necessary to get sin out. That was the purpose of Him coming. See, for God's forgiveness and you accepting what Jesus did on the cross for you is not just so that, so that you can feel better about yourself. And I think that's where some of us have landed. Like, I want God's forgiveness because I'm tired of feeling guilty about my sin. And you've heard me say this before. Like, we don't believe in a skip and a dip theology around here. You skip down to the altar, you say one prayer, you get dipped, dipped in the baptism, and then boom, you're done. Like, God wants more for you. Come on, church, you got to be with me this morning. God wants more for you. And that more is unleashed when the Holy Spirit is really allowed to take his rightful place in your heart and stay there. And he cannot do that until sin is extracted from your spirit through the sacrifice of Jesus. This may seem elementary to some people, but here's all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Welcome to a room full of sinners. Every one of us. And there's nothing you can do to deal with that sin. You, you can't be good, so stop trying. You can't be good enough. You can't do enough good deeds. You can't be nice enough to your spouse. You can't raise your kids well enough. You can't make enough money. You can't be charitable, charitable enough. You can't be generous enough to earn your way into heaven. Here's the reality. You are not good enough to go to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. And before the Spirit can be your source and take up residence in your heart, you got to deal with your sin. you got to let Jesus deal with your sin. 
And that's the only way to deal with it. You've heard it, you've heard it said, you've heard the saying before, hate the sin, love the sinner. Y'all heard that before? That's the, the reality is Jesus hates your sin. God hates your sin. But do you really know why? See, I think sometimes we think, oh, 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 God hates my sin because I'm so dirty. You know, you know why he hates your sin? Because it stands between you and him. See, he, he loved you so much he created you. He formed you in your mother's womb before you, like you're, you're, not, you're not coincidence, you're not accident, you're not random, I don't care what your mama said. <laughs> like you were here by the hand and design of God, your creator. And he built you to have relationship with him. And he loves you so deeply and he so desperately wants a relationship with you. And the thing that stands between you and that intimacy he wants with you is sin. And that's why he hates it because he, let me tell you something. I I love my children. I have the most amazing children on the planet. They're about to be, they're, they're twins, Aiden and Leah. They're about to be 10 my daughter's going on like 24. My son, sometimes he's going on like seven. <laughs> um, just kidding. Not really. Um, but let me tell you something. The thought of anything ever coming between me and them, I can't deal with it. The thought of anybody ever standing in the way of the relationship that I have with them, I will take you out. Pastor hat comes off, dad hat comes on, and we'll fight. That's righteous anger that I talked about in Toxic right there. But you know what God constantly reminds me? That he looks down on me as my heavenly father the same way. And he can't stand the thought of anything standing between me and him. He can't stand it. So when I sin, he's not looking at me going... I'm so angry at you. Why did you do that? He's thinking, I just want it gone so that we can have that relationship that that we were designed to have. That needs to free somebody in the room. Like when that sin comes up, your 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 father, heavenly father, it's 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 not an it, it it's it's a it's an anger because he doesn't he doesn't want that to be in between you and him. Like the thought of sin separating the two of you of you and him, like he can't he doesn't want it so much that he came to this earth and took on flesh and went to a cross and paid the price that you were supposed to pay for that sin so that it could be removed. That's how desperately he wanted it gone. He removed moved it for you like that's how desperately he wanted it to go because he knew it stood in the way of you and the relationship that he had in mind when he created you so he sent Jesus so it could be removed man isn't that awesome look at Romans chapter 8 says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You can amen scripture. It's better to amen scripture than me. 
Romans chapter three, I'm chapter eight, verse three says, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sin, uh, of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. See, do you see God? You see, he, he's talking about, like, there's a, there's a bigger plan at play. Like, he sent Jesus, yes, to deal with your sin, but he sent Jesus to deal with your sin so the Spirit can inhabit your heart and so that you can really live in fullness with him. Let's keep reading. Where did I stop? I don't even know. Okay, verse 4. And so he, had, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness, the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death. In other words, when something other than the Spirit is the source, the substance is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life. See, when the Spirit is the source, the substance is life and peace. Verse 7, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Verse 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Like when, when sin is in the way and the Spirit can't be your source, you have the inability to live the way God has called you to live and to live in intimacy with Him. You, however, you know what I think the Bible says when it says you? I think He means you. I think he means me. See, I think sometimes we read the Bible and we, we project it on somebody other than us. But when you, you, we think, oh, yeah, he, that's Paul. He's talking about the Roman church. No, he's talking about every person who would ever be under the power of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about every person who would ever surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's, he, when he wrote this letter to the church in Rome, he was addressing those Roman people, but we, it applies to us because we have the same God. We have the same sacrifice in Jesus, so we get the same opportunity to live in that freedom as they did. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of, of sin, the Spirit gives a life because of righteousness. See, even if you are in Christ, even though you're surrounded by temptation, even though your emotions run wild, even though there are times when you feel like you can't go on, be reminded that the Holy Spirit is in you and everything that God desires and wants for your life is possible. And if the spirit of him, verse 11, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh. 
We have an obligation, but it's not to emotion. We have an obligation, but it's not to all these other things that have been in charge up to this point in your life. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. You will. When anything else other than the Spirit is your source, death is always eventually the substance. You say, Matt, well, I've been living for it for 50 years. It's coming. And I would submit to you that most of the things that look alive in your life are really just zombies. See, when we live according to the flesh, sometimes we can have things in our lives that have the appearance of life, but they're really dead. Come on. They are. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. See, if, if by the Spirit, see the Spirit being the source has the power, has, gives you the supply to slay those things that have, you have been slave to. Oh, that's good. I just came up with that. Let me say that again. <laughs> by the Spirit, you have the power to slay the things you were once slave to. Or write that down and give it to me so I remember to say it in second service. <laughs> For those who were led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Man, God's Word is just, you, you need to look no further than the Word of God to find out what you need in this life. No further. God's Word has said it better than any preacher ever will. See, the Spirit is your source. The Spirit becomes your source when you accept what Jesus did for your sin. You want the Spirit to be your source? You got to let sin move out. And you can't get it out. You can't extract it within yourself. The only solution to your sin is the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And so today, if you want to make the transition and allow the Spirit to be your source, it begins with you acknowledging what Jesus did for your sin. Scripture says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Accept what He's done. That's step one to the Spirit becoming the source. But there's another thing I need to tell you. If the Spirit becomes your source when you accept what Jesus has done for your sin, the Spirit remains your source when you, when you surrender to His authority. The Spirit remains your source when you surrender to His authority. See, surrendering, when the Spirit takes up residence in your life, what you then have to do is continually acknowledge His authority in your life. You've got to continue to acknowledge that He is the one on your throne. See, when He moves in, you also got to let Him be in charge. Come on. Like now that He is taking up residence, He's got to be the owner of the home. He's got to be the decision maker of the home. He's got to be the one that's calling the shots in this new house that he's in. See, we can sometimes let him in and stick him in the closet. Come on. And we can confine him to a room in which we're comfortable with him being in. And what we do is, okay, we'll let God, we'll let you in the house, but, but you in charge of the kitchen, but stay out of the bedroom. I don't even know what that means, but you understand what I'm saying. That could mean, anyway. Rain it in. 
You understand what I'm saying, right? Because that's what we do. And I think that's what so many Christians, we get comfortable with. Okay, God, deal with my, I want you to deal with my, I want you to be my Savior, but I ain't going to let you be my Lord. If that ain't the culture we live in, I don't know what is. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to go to hell, but I want to run my own life. I want salvation. I know you're real. But there's some things that I still want to do. I still enjoy doing. Still give me pleasure. Like, I still want to be in charge. And like, if the Spirit is, is going to be your source, like, he, He's got to be your source. Not like part-time. Like, all the time. And if you're going, if the Spirit is going to remain your source, you have to continue to surrender to His authority. And that means, you know what? You surrender to His authority when you're in this room. And when you get home this afternoon. And on the ride home. And in the drive through line at Bojangles. And in the office tomorrow morning. And in the classroom next week. Like, like it, it's just, you can't like... And sometimes I feel like we stuff God in a closet and we let him out when it's convenient. God, I've messed up my life because I've been in charge. You can come out of the closet now and you can have control again. And I don't think it has to be that way. And I think he can be your authority constantly. I'm going to read another really long passage of Scripture. Are you with me? Come on. Say Colossians chapter 2. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as what? It doesn't say it. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Savior. You with me? It says just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord. Like that's, that's a title of authority in our lives. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. In other words, just because you knelt that one time in church or at youth camp or whatever it was, like, like that's awesome. But now when you get up from that experience, continue in Him. Rooted. We talked about that word in the toxic series. Where He's rooted and built up in Him. Strengthened in the faith. As you were taught, an overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and de uh, deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. Look at this verse 9. For Christ, in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Do you see God's attributing this authority to Jesus? Like all the, Jesus wasn't just kind of God or partly God or a little bit God. On all his fullness in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Like Jesus cannot, the Spirit cannot, God cannot settle for anything other than God in your life. Like, that's, that's all he can be. Like, he can't be part-time God. He ain't little bit God, somewhat God, every now and then God. He's either God or he's not. I keep losing my place. Verse 11. In him, 
you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled. Ruled. It's a good thing we call this series ruled. Whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were were circumcised by Christ. In other words, when Christ came in and he cut out that sin, it changed everything. See, you were ruled by those other things. Those other things were your source, but when you accepted Jesus, what he did is he came in and he cut that stuff out of your life. Y'all like my sound effects? (laughs) Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. You were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Yeah, clap for the word of God. Come on now. Verse 15. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Since you died with Christ to the eternal spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you were belonged to the world, do not submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use and based on merely human commands and teachings, such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Do you hear what the scripture is saying? Like now that you have Jesus, now that the Holy Spirit has taken up root in your life, no other thing has the power to control you. No other thing should have the power to be the source in your life that when you allow the sin to be extracted from your life and the Spirit to take up residence and you see Him and acknowledge Him constantly, daily, moment by moment for who He is, it fulfills all that he desires for your life and you can live so let's live let's don't be run by emotion let's be ruled by the spirit and it begins with allowing him to be your source bow your heads close your eyes with me for him to be your source the first thing that has to happen is he has to deal with your sin if you're in this room today and he's never dealt with your sin today's the day Today's the day to allow him to remove that sin from your lives, to extract it, to cut it out through the cross. And maybe you're here today and you know that, but you've been trying to do it yourself. Jesus is the only solution to your sin. You've got to let him deal with it. You've got to let him pull it out of your life. Or maybe you're here today and somewhere along the way you let Jesus in the house of your heart, but you just stuck him in the closet. And you're not ha- letting him have full reign of the whole home of who you are. And it's time to allow his authority to maybe once and for all take place in your heart. I'm going to ask you to do something really, really bold. You ready? If you're here today and you haven't, and today you're making that decision to allow Jesus to deal with your sin, would you do me a really a big favor? I know it's going to take a lot of courage. Would you just stand on your feet right where you are? Like, I'm going to let God deal. I'm going to let God deal with my sin. I'm going to let what Jesus did in his power on the cross deal with my sin. If you've never done that or if you don't know that you've done that, and you're, you, but just, just stand up right where you are. I'm letting God deal with my sin. I'm letting God deal with my sin. I'm letting God deal with my sin to deal with it in my life. Second, if you're here today and you say, you know what? 
God's been in my heart, but he hasn't been in control. He hasn't been the one in charge, and today I'm letting him be my authority. If that's you, would you just rise to your feet right where you are? Just stand up. He's, he's going to be in charge. He's going to be in charge. Come on, stand up. He's going to be in charge. He's going to be in charge. Maybe you've done that, and you just want to stand up just to affirm it to this, to this church, to these people, to, God, to remind God, God, you're in charge. Come on, stand to your feet. God, you're in charge. You're my authority. You're my source. I recognize the authority that you have in my life, and I'm not going to play games, and I'm not going to let anything else take your place. You will be in charge. Father, I thank you that you're about to do something powerful in our church over the next few weeks, that we're going to learn things from your word that move us forward with you as the source, setting our standard, remaining our supply, and giving us the substance of life that we desire. And it begins today. God, move as we worship you today. Just continue to solidify what you're teaching us. As we sing this song and we give you praise, God, speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.